0: Welcome to C3 Wellington and Hutt City Need something fresh, real and powerful in your life? Connect with us on social media, get podcast notifications updates on events, collective groups and a whole lot more We're so glad you're joining us for a powerful and thought-provoking message from one of our pastors We would love to hear how God has touched you in your life Get in touch through our website, c3churchwellington.nz So, sit back and enjoy this message
1: I'm really excited about this this Sunday, I'm really excited about this session. Come on, hey. Who's been enjoying the Relationship Goals series? Anyone out they've been enjoying this Relationship Goals series? And and uh, look, for, for our Hut family, we missed last Sunday. We didn't get a Sunday service. I thank you for the, those that came across to the city uh, and were a part of that. Uh, but I'm just gonna really quickly catch you up on last Sunday because we, we did this. This is singleness and dating and we did it kind of turned into a two-parter and so last week I I set the scene about just talking about two lenses that we're going to look through when we're looking through the I call it the lenses of relationship right these are the things we want to get into focus when we're looking at relationships working out relationships not just our own relationship but other people's relationship right because I think that when we start talking about relationship we can get we can get we can offend if we're not careful. We can do some things if we're not careful. And we wanna make sure that we're guiding and leading people into life, right? That's the heart of our church. And so the lenses that we talked about was the lens of love, grace, and truth. And those three together are really, really important. Love, grace, and truth. You see, Jesus says, Jesus says that he, was all, he had all grace and truth, right? You can't separate those things out. You can't just come and just steamroll people with truth, with no love and no grace. You know, we all are in need of grace. Every one of us hangs by the thread of grace. We are all on an equal footing, and that is what we desperately need, the love of Jesus. And we desperately need His salvation, and what He did for us on the cross is equally important to every single person. And so we don't come with a, a, a better-than attitude, a, a self-righteous attitude, but He also came with truth. You know, and uh, we talked about that at, uh, when I was at school um, we, we did pop quizzes, anyone here do pop quizzes at school? Like you just rock up and the teacher's like, pop quiz? And you're like, oh no, <laughs> oh no. And just to help us kind of learn, it, it didn't really count, but it was just to help us le- know if we've learned the material, had it gone in. And often the pop, pop quizzes were true and false questions. So you had a 50-50 shot of getting it right. I'm, I'm thankful for 50-50 shots. But one statement, the statement was either true or false. Do you know what I'm saying? Like it was, there was one answer that was right and there was one answer that was not right. And, and the, same, the same goes for for Jesus came with truth. He said truly, truly, so many times, truly, truly, I say to you, he was truth and he spoke truth. It was, uh, it was, it was not like maybe I'll listen to some of his truth and not other bits of his truth. He was fully true, he had, what he said was truth. And so we gotta understand that in this era of post-truth, you know, like what is truth? My truth, your truth. No, Jesus came with truth and he has something to say for life-giving uh, relationships, and I believe as we lean into the rhythm of God, we're going to learn the rhythm of relationship. And so, love, grace, and truth—we want to look through that lens. And the other lens is covenant; that we've got to see through the lens of covenant. God, there's such a big difference between contract and covenant. And God's a covenant-keeping, promise-keeping God. For those that align with Him, He will align with you, and He's faithful. And we want our relationships to imitate, to reflect the nature of God. And so when you're moving through dating and into marriage, as Abby and Chris have just done, and I'll intro these guys in a second, we've got to see it through the lens of covenant. We are called to imitate and to reflect the nature of God. And our relationships ought to reflect that. And so we're deeply connected and deeply covenant to one another. And so that's a couple of lenses that we want to look through when we look at relationships. So I say all that to say, welcome to part two of singleness and dating and this is a conversation right now we're gonna have i'm really excited i bet this beautiful woman beside me my wife bex is very excited because this is really your wheelhouse baby (laughs) this is your i mean healthy relationship is 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 your wheelhouse yes you can turn your microphone on do you guys want to just check to make sure your microphones are going check 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 one two you can probably hear me without the mic though yep Yep. Yep. what about shekinah
0: hello hello there we go okay so i'll usually yell into the mic your family uh-huh.
2: are here <laughs> to find out what you think about singleness and
1: dating. <laughs> awesome. Hey, so so this is Bex's wheelhouse. She is passionate about healthy relationships. It could be you and me, but that's okay. We'll figure it out. We've got, hey, can, let's just take a moment right there and say, can we give Ray a massive... Yes. Uh, so, come on, let's encourage oh, Ray. Oh, yes. Love it. I got real excited yesterday. Uh, so Ray's a sound engineer by, by, by profession, by occupation. And, uh, and he's been wanting to help us out, put together um, intros and outros so we can start podcasting our messages and getting them out there. And he sent me this, uh, this, uh, this clip he just threw together, threw together, and it's just like so professional. So watch this space, guys. Our messages are gonna be out on the interwebs and on the line. Thank you, Ray, for helping us out there. All right, hey, let me introduce these guys. To my left, we have the newly married Abby Whoa. and Chris Curtis. Can Woo. we encourage Woo. these guys? Come on. So we have our dating couch over here. These guys just walked through a season of dating, engagement and marriage. And so it's fresh, fresh in their minds. And so you're gonna learn from these guys and their journey, the ups and the downs. And over here we have Shekinah. And so say, hey, Shekinah. Oh, hey, And we've got Bethany. Hey, Bethany. And these guys currently single. Is that right, currently single? Yes, come on. Guys, take yeah. note. And look, here's, here's what I would say. And this, um, and this, I'm Steve and this is Bex. And uh, and let me just say this. We're not experts. We're not experts, but we've got lessons and we've got th- some things that hopefully will help you as you navigate. But let me just find out. This is who we are, but let me find out what we've got out there. How many people here are single right now? Come on, it's okay. We're going to, come on now. Awesome. How many people are currently dating? Jaylee's got a half hand up. Half hand. The door still ajar or uh, half air mar- Who's married in the house? All right. Let me talk to the marrieds because you've come to a talk on singleness and dating and I know that you feel like that season is behind you, right? So what is relevant for you right now? Let me just say to you married people, please lean in. Please lean in because here's the truth, right? Paul encourages Titus in Titus 2. He says, older men and older women train up the younger men and younger women. And whether or not you're older or younger, let's just say you're further down the track, we need coaches and we need mentors and we need married couples that would open their lives to singles and to people that are dating and help them uh, grow and, and lead and, and walk in healthy relationships. So married people, come on, would you lean in today and just say, what, what can I glean? I can help and I can help a single couple. I can help a couple dating uh, and, and we can do this together because we want to be a community of faith that moves together. Amen. So come on, lean in today. So like, I've introduced the panel. And so we're going to jump into it. We're going to just crank into it. We've got a bunch of questions. And we're going to start with singleness. And we all have, I think all of us have been single at one stage in our lives. So I'm going I'm to crack some questions. And I, you guys are going to have to encourage these guys because it's nervous doing this. But I'm sure they, they've got something to give. So, hey, number number one question. What do you appreciate about being single what do you appreciate about being single shekinah
0: um so i appreciate um, my independency <laughs> so like um someone like i like want to hang i'll be like yeah i'll just hang out with you like i have the ability to just do what i want when i want i don't have to come so someone asked him like, "Hey, is it okay?" Like I'm just like, "Yeah, I'll see it like 12 a.m. It's all good. We'll go for a tramp or something. I don't know." A 12 a.m. tramp? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so like, um, because I'm single, like in 2016, I was able to move to Australia, uh, for six months, and I was just able to pack my bags and go.
3: So I just like my dependency,
1: yeah. my freedom. Awesome. Yeah. How about you, Bethany?
4: Yeah.
3: To- talk all of that. <laughs> yeah, loving it. Um, I I wrote things down, so you'll see me looking here a lot. Um, so, I love that I don't have to share things. That's very selfish, but I let's be honest, I really enjoy that. <laughs> um, I also really enjoy going to the supermarket and getting the things that I want and having to not think about anyone else's dietary requirements. It's really great. Um, <laughs> just keeping it real. Um, but I also really love things like um, the stuff that God's working on in my character. Um, he's allowing me to be more vulnerable because I am focused on me as a single person, what's happening in my world, and it doesn't have to correlate with anybody else's right now, and so he's doing a really deep work in me um, that is solely between him and me, and it's it's beautiful, and I'm loving that. Um, And I'm learning a lot about myself in that process, which whenever I've been dating, I definitely have noticed that that, for me, has slowed down, and I'm sure there's a lot of tips around how you can continue to do that well. Um, when you are dating, but I am loving the fact that in this particular season of time, it's like a full immersion lesson about who I am in God. So that's fun.
1: that's that's awesome. And I, without it being a a, a, um, a scandalous question because you know now that you're mar- not scandalous, but now that you're married, now that you're married, saying what do you enjoy about being single it can often seem kind of like, you know, destabilising stabilize a marriage. But now, honestly, but seriously, now that you've moved through, um, now that you've moved through dating and marriage, you've now got a perspective of what singleness was, you know, like, you know, I think we can take seasons yeah. for granted. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So all of you like, I just need to find that person and get married. Um, can you maybe speak to how, now looking back, man, what's so great about embracing singleness in that season?
3: <laughs>
4: um, <coughs> I think,
1: I think it, won't, that might work, it won't bite you bro yeah. I,
4: I think learning to uh, embrace the joys of that life was a challenge um, I think we get caught up in um, desiring a partner desiring to get married and all of those sorts of things so for me it was quite a process to learn to let that go and to learn to um, just take an approach of this this is actually a season to be enjoyed in life yeah. rather yeah. than a season to survive yeah and so <laughs> y- yeah yeah and um, and so I think once I finally passed that point uh, It was uh, what you guys are talking about, you know, the the freedom to just do what you want and to live your own life uh, was really good. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, he's in, come on now.
5: No, I'll just give an example of that. My um, friend was talking to me once about how she biked um, the Death Road in Brazil or whatever, like this massive, scary-ass road, and she biked it. What? Peru. Peru. sorry. (laughs) Yeah, Peru. (laughs) Yeah, no, no, all good. Um, And anyway, she was saying that um, the whole time um, she was biking it. She was like white knuckling, like clinging on for dear life, thinking she was gonna die, and she hated every single mi- second of it. She said, "She said until she got to the end." And then she reflected and said to me, "If I knew that I was gonna make it and things were gonna work out all good, I would have just cruised." Wow. And I was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, that's Jesus right there." Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: And that but, is awesome. But that was it.
5: And 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 I just kind of what everybody's saying is that like if you knew that God had this perfect person for you and and you well okay yeah Yeah. (laughs) if you had this 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 relationship that was you know that you were looking for desiring um or whatever and you knew that that was going to work out you'd really just be so chill in singleness and just love that season for, for what it was that's
1: great great response thank you guys hey question two hey what are the benefits of singleness in the context of church community and ministry the benefits of singleness we'll start with you bethany
3: I love it kind of flows on from the first question um, for me because I know that um, it's easier for God to catch me in moments by myself and therefore I am um, so much uh, closer to being ready for overflow of the Spirit to give out when yeah. I'm serving because I don't have to cut that time out of my life. Every time I rock up home, I'm in the door it's me uh, it's me and God in my bedroom and um, and as long as I'm choosing to make that time between us then it's really easy to serve um, and this is probably not quite as holy, um, yeah. <laughs> I'm actually, <laughs> um, one benefit is that I do things like I serve on Take 10, which is out on the streets in Wellington on um, Saturday nights, and people will ask you, are you single, are you dating, and stuff, and I go, no man, it's just me and God, and they're like, what? And it's just actually a really fun way to um, witness to people, because they're like, what do you mean you're single, how on earth are you single, like, um, why Why would you want to be, blah, 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 and I'm just like, you know what, God's got me, I'm good, and like yeah. that opens up so many cool conversations, and because because their drink it's really like they could go there as well with you this they're, they're not so scared to go there um so yeah that's been really fun i'm really enjoying that that's
1: awesome that's awesome hey look so season um first corinthians 7 32 and 35 says i want you to feel this is paul speaking free from anxiety it's, the unmarried man or woman is anxious about the things of the lord and how to please the lord uh, and and but the married man is anxious about worldly things and how to please his wife and it uh, goes on to say that unmarried or betrothed woman is anxious about the things of the Lord and how to be holy in body and spirit but the married man has to he's got other worries and other concerns man and, uh, and so I'm really thankful as a pastor for, for singles and uh, people that are in that stage of life that really build the house of God and let's not forget that the gospel was left to basically predominantly a group of singles man like that the gospel went forward uh, based on, on with Jesus entrusting it to a group of singles, with the exception probably of, of Peter, um, it's incredible, isn't it? And so, um, yeah, she kind of.
0: Um, yeah. So I was chatting with my friend last night about it actually, and she's engaged. Her and her partner, um, and she was just talking about like when she was single, she kind of just had like work, family. Um, and friends and then she was saying that when she got into a relationship it became like work, friends, family, caring and so like I guess there's a single in the church community, like well at the moment mine are pretty small because it's like family, friends, unemployed, um, also <laughs> single so, it's like, so I have lots of free time, lots of flexibility um, and I think that within the church community that's awesome because like on a Sunday we can go out for lunch and we can just hang out and I can help I can create healthy relationships with people in the church um, and yeah, there's just, just chilling.
1: It's good. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, Sort of following on from that, and this is, uh, you know, kind of where I was kind of leading with that last bit there about the disciples, but in your view, how does the church community view and value singles?
0: (laughs) Um, So I sort of reflected on that view part, like, um, So like singles are awesome, especially within the church community Um, and like I'm thinking about it and thinking about my friends and stuff like that, um, with the church community I feel like there's such a pressure on singles, like I'm almost 25 guys and it's almost as if like I'm too old to be single, (laughs) like you know, like I'm just like let me be single for as ever long as i like to be, like the age sort of thing. It does matter, I guess um, you could say. And so I feel sometimes like there's a little bit of pressure, like get into a relationship and then get a ring quickly after. I'm going, I'm just here to chill. I'm just here to be, you know? Um, So, yes, that's, yeah. I guess it's a good thing as well because we want to be encouraging healthy relationships um, within the church community. Sometimes there's a little bit more pressure than I'd like, but it's all good. Yeah.
1: Awesome. Bethany?
3: Yeah, um, I like that this particular church doesn't have the culture that i've written down about and because i think um as a whole throughout the western world churches we have kind of this pitying thing of being like oh you're single let's pray for your man to come show up and i'm just like you don't know me like you just (laughs) met me and like you shouldn't be praying that for me right now but cool whatever gotta work it out um and i think there's um, actually, a lot of danger in that mindset that we 've created in the church because we 're saying actually oh you 're not whole enough because yeah. you 're missing your other half yeah. or um, you 're not um, you need someone to compliment you in that space so that you can do better things or have a more fulfilled life and that 's not the case god 's got me, and he makes me whole and i don 't like sure yeah, love would love a companion to walk that work w- with me but god 's already doing that like, Come on. Um, that's so and good. also I think the flip side of that is is when we um, when we say that um, we have this mindset of um, finding your other half and that um, in the church context you need to um, always be looking for that partner um, what we're also doing is we're Um, assuming things about people in relationships and saying, well, they're good because there's two of them and we don't actually necessarily check in on their spiritual health as often because Mm. um, we're so concerned about looking after the singles and finding their other person. So yeah, (laughs) it's a bit damaging and I love that this church doesn't
1: do that. Yeah, we're not a a matchmaking service, (laughs) are we? Like that's, I don't know, that's a mandate. I did
2: think about doing married at First Sight today though, or something cool (laughs) like that. Like a cool like quiz or game or like blind date thing. That would have been so fun.
1: That's awesome. Um, that's so good. Can I just quickly say yeah. something
2: to that? Um, because it's not really a view or a value, but it's my opinion, I guess, um, about singles. I think the downfall in churches can be that we think singles have all this time yeah. and um, and that's probably where sometimes we can be a little mm. bit bad, is like, well, you're single. Like, We're married with five kids. Yeah. Like, You're single. You've got all the time in the world, but we've all got the same amount of time. But I think there can be pressure on singles and also we've got such varying degrees of singles. So we've got like the uni student, we've got the empty nester, we've got like separated divorced people, yeah, that's right. we've got older people that are single. Um like so there's so this is quite a there's so many stages of singleness right. in our church right now. Yeah. Um so I don't really know, it's not really helpful that I'm saying that. But what I'm saying is I'm aware of that, that it's not just the twenty something year olds that where, like, you need a husband or a wife, because I don't think you need a husband or a wife. Marriage is awesome, but I don't think that. But I think sometimes we can think they've got more time or, like, you know, they can do it because they're single, because they've got no-one else to answer. They can just say yes. So that can be a little bit bad for me to think that. Um, So, yeah, so that's just my five cents worth on that question.
1: So good. Hey, challenges facing Christian singles. What are some of the challenges facing... Christian singles. Who wants to kick us off with that one? Thanks, Yukana.
0: <laughs> we wrote a list, guys. There's <laughs> a lot of challenges. Um, so <laughs> Um, so, like before, the pressure of needing to get a husband as soon as possible, that can sometimes be a challenge for singles. Um, also sometimes the whole not enough options thing, like within, like you, have you ever heard a Christian single be like, oh there's no one in my church, I can't date anyone in my church, there's only like two guys, you're one person, like you know, like there's, like, there's just not enough options supposedly for singles, there's a lot of single people out there guys. All right. I mean I think also like very high and unrealistic expectations of each other. Yeah. Like um and like when we go to talk about the day you want to be awesome to talk about and like, non negotiables and like that sort of stuff and future partners, but I think sometimes we're like they must have this and this. Like sometimes I like, no joke, I've seen some people's lists, okay, and there's thirty things on that list and I'm like, kidding me? And having a laugh. But yeah, people have unrealistic expectations of each other. Um and I think also like another one for singles, especially Christians, is like Because of what social media portrays and like what um, worldly relationships portray as well, sometimes it's I think a challenge to actually choose a committed relationship over something temporary or something that's just right there in front of you, Um, and you can just take that and get maybe second or third best. Whereas if you just waited, um, it's a challenge to actually wait
4: um, for that commitment. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah.
3: for sure. Yeah, that was good. That was awesome. Um, I'll just go through mine. Add on some of the more overlap, um, I reckon loneliness is a big challenge loneliness, and we yeah. don't really know how to talk about it um, I think um, it also makes you doubt your self worth sometimes why am I still single? <laughs> I yeah. think we all have those moments at yeah, some point it's true. not just me yeah. right yeah. <laughs> um, and then for like you kind of get desperate around it and trying to speed up that time where yeah that's you right because loneliness can actually
1: tr- can, ch- can trigger that uh, you know pushing into things that maybe you shouldn't yeah, sure. to kind of you know, avoid yeah. being feeling lonely, yeah, right? Definitely.
3: Yeah, you just want to stop that feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's not always the best choice. Um, I think lust, also, you just, yeah, we don't talk about that one either. We don't know how to talk about that, right. and it's not just a guy problem, it's no. a girl problem, and we don't know how to talk about it. Um, mm-hmm. And um, I definitely think that um, what Shekinah touched on the kind of reconciling what the world's expectations are with you, and then being like, like, does this mean that I should be kind of following that path? Or um, does that make me weird that I don't want to do that? All of that comes with it. Yeah. So those are the big challenges, I reckon. Mm.
1: Yeah, absolutely. As, as, as we slip further and further away from, I guess, biblical morality, if you want to call it as a nation, yeah. the pressure to stand yeah. in, uh, for holiness is, 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 is really tough. I mean, uh, you do start to sort of kind of ostracize yourself in some ways from culture mm. now standing with Jesus. And uh, I think no more pressure, no more than on the pressure on singles right now, um, in that regard. And so, as a church, man, we've got to create a, you know, an environment, a safety, a safe place, for to, 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 to know to 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 walk through some of these challenges that are loneliness, like you said, lust. These are these are these are these are challenges we all face. Um, Chris talked about that just before, you know, just the dealing with um, that season of singleness, and um, and we all face it. So I really I commend you um, for bringing that to the table. And that's an ongoing conversation we need to be having as a church. <coughs> um, have you want, anything you want to add to that, honey? No, we're through, we'll carry on then. We'll move. We'll move. What are the pitfalls we should uh, avoid as Christian singles? I know we just talked about challenges, but what is the? So I, I'll put this here, that the enemy doesn't come dressed in a red jumpsuit wearing little horns. He comes dressed in everything we think we want. Chris Hodges said that. Um, so, what are the pitfalls we should avoid as Christian singles?
3: Yeah. Um, I just put one. I said, don't rush the wait. Wow. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Don't don't jump into anything that God hasn't put there for you. I have made that mistake way too many times to not now pass on that message. Do not rush that waiting time. Great. Yeah.
1: He's in the waiting. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I think um the same. Don't rush the wait, but also like don't settle for something that less than yeah. what God's designed for you. Yeah. Like so often like all my like a lot of my friends, a lot of people that I know, especially my age, um they just settle um yeah. and God has great things um ahead and he has a great and awesome partner, healthy relationship for everyone. Yeah. Um so just don't settle for something that's temporary or less than what God's designed. Great. Um and just hang out with people, too, people. Yeah. Like gather people around you, hang out with people, make friends, like you don't have to be alone, you don't have to be isolated. Your friends will champion you and build you, yeah,
1: Yeah. so that's what I'd say. That's great. Can I? I, Yeah, jump in baby.
2: Um, So I think one of the pitfalls um, is leading people on. Um, Men are simple creatures. Men are so simple. I'm sorry. We're made made
1: from dirt, man. Don't expect too much right.
2: Men are so simple and us girls can be like really naughty sometimes. Like, it's really easy to lead people on or give people the wrong impression or make them think they're getting something that we're not willing to give. Um, and I've been there, done that. So I just think that's a massive pitfall, because you can just put yourself out there and the man thinks, OK, yep, sweet, we're off to the bedroom. Well, sorry, love, we're actually not. I'm going home now. But you know, like, that's what men are just like, that's they've only got a few things on their brain sometimes. Wow. Um, and they're very easily like, it doesn't take much to give oh me God. the wrong impression. I'm just like, yeah, I know. I'm ex- very experienced, okay? I'm very experienced. Um,
4: <laughs>
1: I'm that sounds terrible
2: I <laughs> eh? But also, <laughs> shush. You've made me lose my place. Oh my gosh. Caleb told me not to do this. Caleb, can you text me, please? Um, Anyway, sorry, here we are. And um, contemplating someone who isn't 100% into Jesus is like an absolute no, no. Like, don't even go there. And choose, you've got to choose the right company. Um, And I think don't put yourself in vulnerable positions where, like, bad things can happen or things that you're like, oh. Like, you know. Like, I think we're not not silly. We know that... um, yeah, I just think yeah. Good so, company. so we've sort of
1: jumped into the dating scene with it, with with where you're going with that. But let's oh, carry. Oh, sorry. But that's great. Let's carry that on. So, so we're talking. So, what are some of the non-negotiables when looking for a partner? What are some of the things like? Nah, they've got to have this.
5: Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, obviously. Like, like blue eyes, mm. things like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> non-negotiables like super simple for me. Um, we had a bit of a discussion about this, but not just. Following Christ, but Christ is first. Yeah. Um, is that it's all good for people to follow Jesus, but um, He has to be number one. Yeah. Like, He has to, everything and everything has to be, we have to follow what His plan is, yeah. not just be like, Yeah, I'm a Christian, I got a church, and, and I have a relationship with God, but actually, a relationship is kind of battling for that number one spot. Like, Christ has to be first. Um,
1: that's awesome because I've, I've been getting to know Chris um, and it's been a great journey of building a relationship and we're still, you know, developing, right? We're getting to know one another yeah. but it's one of those things that I've, I've been really grateful just to see your, as I've got to know you, just your genuine passion mm-hmm. for God and, and your desire to, you know, that you're, you're a sincere and wholehearted person in that regard and so um, just share each other, just kind of maybe could you share about some of those pointers for you where you kind of saw that, like did you watch that from a distance or did you, how did you, when did you see man, uh, this guy, this guy loves Jesus, like was that an evolving thing or so I've, I've given, um, or either way, yeah, yeah.
4: yeah okay. uh, I think for me, um, I quite like this question because um, if you, if you ever a look at, you know, right? yeah, good job, <laughs> yeah, um, this is a wireless mic, we just put that there for you. Yeah. Um, I, think, I think the reason why this, question, this point is important is not to tick the box. So when we look at verses like, don't be unequally yoked, we think that means um, marry a Christian and then you tick the box and then you're fine. And, and we can even fall into the trap of if I'm dating someone and they're not a Christian and then I lead them through the sinner's prayer yeah. then uh, we're sweet, we can get married, yeah. rock and roll um, but my goal in life is to live for Christ
1: yeah.
4: and so I want to get to the point where I have given up everything that I've got for him and so if I'm not with someone who is pursuing that goal as well, yeah. why would I want to to eventually marry and be in the same house with someone where the, the essence of what I'm trying to achieve in life
1: is being hindered? Wow. Yes. wow. Yes, yeah. That's awesome, Chris. That awesome. nailed it. <laughs> You know, there's, um, there's a saying that godliness is sexy to godly people. And, uh, and I think it's so true. I think one of the, my, my favourite things about Bex is her, her passion and her pursuit of Jesus. And uh, there's nothing sexier than a woman diving into a commentary or into a study Bible and, you know, like, you know, and, or catching her just, you know, just having some time with God. I mean, that there is just awesome, man. And uh, there are some... probably are a couple of things more sexy there but that's up there man seriously that's up there for me so um, i've got
2: here too that jesus should be the most attractive thing about a person yeah the most like that's my like and when someone loves jesus so much like it makes them so good looking there's something about jesus and people that like that should be the most attractive thing about you know that should be a non-negotiable
1: yeah like I, I know what we was saying about what Shekinah was um, saying about like some people's checklists are just a bit unrealistic, like you know um, you know, but I think do have a have some things there that are like you know if it isn't if that, if that's not if that isn't checked or whatever uh it's probably not going to go any further right I think that's kind of critical I think my
4: uh we're discussing this my checklist is really uh two things um, so one is must be devoted to Christ for the reasons that I've said also um. How do they treat their family is um is one that is most important to me uh and and it it comes down to that real truth that i've learned over time is that um if they don't treat their family well they're going to treat your crap as well
1: yeah
4: so you're just signing yourself up for pain wow and to to, if you if you think that you're going to be and knight in shining armour and I can turn this person around and maybe with a bit of patience they'll change, all that sort of drama, you need to realise that um, the person is going to be your partner. So if you're not both running at the same pace and facing the same challenges, then you're again, you're going to hold each other back, you're going to cause problems. Mm-hmm. So to turn around and say, okay, we've got a whole lot of work on you to do here, but then let's push forward as well. It's not going to work. You need to be equals and, and approach things yeah. together. So, so that's why um, if, I, if, if, if I went to meet Abby's parents for the first time and there was a bit of tension there or just, just a, a poor treatment, you know, and kind of that underlying heart of what's happening in these relationships, that'd be a deal breaker. Right. Straight off. Wow.
1: And we've got to remember we're not the holy Spirit in each other's relationship, right? Like our call is to love, uh, respect, and love, and uh, and and God will do the work and um, and uh, and moving towards wholeheartedness. What is so moving forward? I'm going to skip question two. Um, what are some questions you want answered before dating? So you've just nailed a couple mm-hmm. of them. That's a, like two questions for 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 Chris. That was awesome. What are some other questions that anyone on the panel might? Say how I want to know. I want. I want to know this about that person before I jump into mm. a, com, a commitment of a relationship with them. Yeah.
5: Police checks for me. <laughs> um, <laughs> Police vetting. I'm a social worker, so I'm all about it. Um, <laughs> nah. Uh, kind of. <laughs> kind of what Chris was talking about was really about family values. Um, and for me, a big one, um, which we didn't talk about, about non-negotiables, negotiables, but things I want to know is. Um, what past relationships have been like mm. like for, around, the, around the issue of um, forgiveness mm. and um, how they deal with wow. forgiveness and unforgiveness um, for me w- we had big conversations about that about past relationships and, and what relationships were like going forward um, because I, I felt like that was something that would really impact mm. on our relationship that's um, right how, how you treat other people and how um, not just your friends but how um, I don't want to say bad relationships but Maybe not so yes. smooth, previ- uh, uh, not so smooth relationships.
1: So let's go there. So because that's one of the questions <laughs> we got here is, is um, when, how much of your past, and when should you share that with somebody? That's a that's an important question, right? Like, hi, my name Hello. is Steve, Hello. and I am. You know, just lay it all out there. Because well, you're saying that was quite an important one for you, is to to know kind of how they handle past relationships. At what point does that get table? Do you think?
5: I don't know. I think I'm just, I'm not really into dating straight away. So um, I've spent a lot of time, like we were friends for a long, a a while.
1: So you are asking, you are answering questions before, yeah. So Um, through a stage of friendship, really? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah.
5: So when you kind of, so you're not going in blind, you know. So those questions come out as as we hang out, like, and and you see that. You can't, the way you treat people isn't something that you can just, it's not in your not on your tongue. It's how you live your life, you know. And 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 I see how Chris would treat his friends and his family and mm. and um, his, his daughter and, and all of that, you know. Um, before we were dating, so I knew right. I wasn't getting into that, um, having to ask those questions. However, in another context, I'm I'm like it sucks to say this, but I'm pretty open. So I quite like getting it out really quickly. Just get out there. Um, is, you know not on the first date but obviously when you realise that like this is actually God and for me personally I knew I actually knew that this was going to end up the way it was going to end up long long before we got married you know Um, and so for me that was just the next step when I knew from God that this was the guy I was going to marry sorry (laughs) um that was when I was like I'm going to lay it out like
2: you know I'm going to lay it out um
1: Because that's one of your big things, isn't it, honey, about secrets? Yeah, my
2: number one tip um, is have no secrets. Mm. um, Because we got married with secrets, Mm. and um, that things, once you're married, affect you about 5,000 times more than when you're not married. Um, And so that's a big thing for me, um, having no secrets. And I don't mean that you stole a lollipop from the dairy secrets, you know, (laughs) but, you know, um, who have you been sexually active with? Um, Have you had an abortion? You know, like all those like big, like things that, you know, you know their secrets or that you may not have even shared with people because, let's be honest, like your future person, like that has such an impact. I've got so many stories to tell you about things like that, but we won't go there. But um, yeah, I just think having no secrets is so, so important. Um, So we're
1: looking through that lens of covenant again, right? So through the lens of covenant, to be, to be, to, to move to oneness, you need to, holy who you
4: are
1: and holy who you are see jesus accepts everything about you and so if we're to reflect that relationship then the call to covenant is to uh, is to accept and to uh, honor everything about that person everything and so to hold that back is to hold back a part of yourself and that's not covenant covenant is to give yourself all into it Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. but you have got to take it slow i love what you're saying about just you know like build a friendship (laughs) Like, build a friendship. Um, question, should a man lead out dating?
2: Absolutely. <laughs> 120%. And he should, <laughs> oh he should pay.
1: He should pay. A little old-fashioned. Hey, look, we know, look, this is, when I say this, I feel like there's a lot of neat Christian boys who go to church a couple times a month and, and own a Bible. And, uh, and look, come on, we need, we need, we need men to man up. You know, we need men to set the set the bar for integrity and faithfulness. You know, set the bar for um, for boundaries. I think has something to say. Go.
3: Um, I just wrote no. Should a man lead out dating? No, I'm I'm all about equal yoking as we've talked. Like, yeah. but that's also in terms of your intentions as well. Like, mm. sure. I mean, maybe you're the person to. Um, if you're a guy, you should be the one to ask first if that's your jam. But not in terms of leading the intention and leading the heart. That's got to be paired up the whole way, mm. in my opinion. Um,
1: yeah. I just think there's a pursuing. So for me, I guess it's how you interpret it. Yeah, for yeah, me, there's yeah. gotta be a pursuing. Yeah. Like a man is, I think, a man, I think God wired it for a man to pursue. And I think that too many guys just have lost the ability. Or <laughs> I don't know, I just, I don't know what it is to be honest, put my finger on in culture, but that's kind of slipped away. What do you think, Mr. Curtis? Uh,
4: I really like traditions. Yeah. Uh, just for the sake of them. <laughs> so the right for that, yeah, yeah, that's right. So for that reason alone, I would say a man should. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Cool. I, isn't this awesome? Uh, yeah. There's, there's nothing too. I'm that, not meaning like
2: uh, planning I know. dates I'm and stuff. Like no. often I'll plan a date night, and then he'll plan a date night. When we used to have date night, we don't really have them at the moment, but we're getting better. But when we were dating, um, so I don't mean like, you know, I'll organise date nights as a surprise, and he'll do that. So, like, that's a little bit, I guess, of... But, I mean, I think, personally, that a man should pursue a woman. I don't think a woman should chase a man. If that's kind of the question, is how I took the question, but...
5: I kind of think that you should start how you intend to finish. Mm. Um, I'm pretty firm believer that, surprisingly, probably, that I'm, I'm a firm believer that a man should, should lead a woman as, as a wife, you know, going in, and, um, and so I think you run into challenges... Um, and I certainly did of that tension when you're dating mm. to expect that possibly when you go into marriage that will change. Yeah. You know? Because
1: um. it does change. It does change. I mean, look, listen, there's no headship in dating. Like, you know, the Bible talks about headship. That does not apply to dating. You are not under some man's headship yeah. when you're dating them. <laughs> but when you when you move through to covenant, the Bible's very clear that there is a, there is that headship, right? The responsibility both ways. Um, yeah. So, awesome. I love the fact that this is getting kicked around. Oh, I've got
3: plenty
1: to say. Alright, let's carry on. um, um, Advice to stay sexually pure while dating. Big challenge question. Some advice, how do we do it? How do we stay sexually pure while dating? I want to be real
2: funny and naughty. I'm like so naughty when it (laughs) comes to this Keep your legs crossed. Yeah oh see like that's naughty eh no but um i have got um (laughs) i've got some advice okay i was not good in this area so my advice isn't necessarily what i did but it's what i knew i should have done so um yeah so don't be alone as in you can be alone in a cafe because you know you're not going to have you know sex in the cafe I'm real, sorry, I'm real honest and maybe too real, sorry about that. But you know what I mean, like don't be alone. Don't park up in dark places, in alleyways. Don't go to each other's bedrooms. Yeah. Um, yeah, honestly,
1: bedrooms should just become an off limits place, yeah. right?
2: And even going to each other's houses if you are boarding or flatting with people that you're not like accountable to. So if you're like in just like some secular flat or an apartment by yourself or whatever, I wouldn't even go to each other's houses because, you know, it gets to 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock, oh yeah, one of us should probably go home and pretty much you've already stayed the night, so that's like, for me, that would be like some advice I'd give. And, um, yeah, know the physical action that is the trigger to the next action. yeah, and set boundaries and share it with someone so they can check in and see how you're going. Because it's and difficult. Um, we didn't do it very well, um, but we had moments of doing it very well. Um, but if you want to know our life story, just hit us up after this. Um, but yeah, I just think it's a very, very difficult thing to navigate, um, and the more that you discuss it before You know, because my mum always said kissing leads to sex, and it's kind of true. But you know, so you've got to know the things that, you know, and some people are physical touch people and some people aren't. And yeah, so yeah, yeah, we could talk about this like all day. But yeah, what do you guys want to say about this?
4: I I like what you say about boundaries. Um, My advice would be um, find out what each other's boundaries are and stick to the more conservative one.
1: Yeah.
4: Uh and <laughs> the reason I say that is because if you don't, then you end up in a position where uh you don't feel like you've done anything wrong because mm. you're okay with it. But once your partner is now in a position where they're feeling like they've compromised themselves, mm. then they're in a much slipperier slope.
1: That's right. Um, this, this might seem like a, a weird way of anal- analogy, but I, I did a bit of marathon training or running, training for a marathon and I made a decision that if, if I'm going to, every distance that was in my training calendar, I'm going to run it. I'm not going to walk, I'm going to run it. Even if I have to run slowly, I'm going to run it. And I'm not going to, I'm always going to do the distance. So if I'm doing 12Ks, I'm doing 12Ks. I'm not going to go, oh I'm having a bad day, I'm going to do 10Ks. Of course I got injured or something, but for the, I'm not just going to quit out, because I knew that if I quit once, yeah. I'd quit again. And I would allow that to happen. I'd allowed that once you've done it once, you'll do it again. And this is the same with these boundaries. Once you cross them, it's so much harder to not, you know, to cross it again and cross it again and cross it again. And again, again, guys, I just want to challenge you. You know, lead out the boundaries. You know, your integrity and your faithfulness is on the line. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, the the Bible calls women to respect their husbands. It's very hard to respect a man that will not honor that arena of life it will challenge respect it will make it difficult and, it, and so I really want to uh, challenge guys you know even, even now make a clean slate you know what let's talk about it let's talk about the boundaries and let's go you know what I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guard the gate on this you know I'm going to make sure I honour you and I respect you and I love you by saying this is I'm going to respect you and I think that that sets up such a healthy platform for a vibrant marriage a woman can I can trust this man he showed himself faithful to me through the dating scene, through the dating season, I can trust him now. And that's a really powerful foundation for a marriage. Right. I know got, we could all chime in. There's so much we could say, but I just, I really want to get to this one because um, it is uh, a, a challenge right now. And that is this question, is cohabitation wise? Is cohabitation, so getting together and living together prior to a covenant marriage, is, is that wise? Who wants to tackle that? Go, Bethany.
3: Um, I don't um, claim to have a, um, a good, I guess, either biblical um, position or um, a hard and fast rule on this one. But from my own experience, it was not wise. Um, I lived with a guy for a year and a half. Great guy, still friends. Um, but um, bad choice, just a bad choice for us. Um, personally um, and I also am aware now looking back on that that I never again want to undercut what my future marriage will look like awesome. that um, there are things that I believe will begin on the day that I get married that shouldn't start before then and yeah. I started to do that and have um, had to work through that now um, and find that healing and forgiveness and reconciliation because of that right. so that may not I don't know if that's a word for everybody who's in a relationship but for me that that was not great it really wasn't um and i would hate to see any of my friends walk through that one it was tough
1: and we've we've bex and i uh, uh just quick briefly history we 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 met i was separated um, from a marriage and hurting she was breaking up from engagement and hurting we found <laughs> each other two wounded souls and we were the, the answers to each other's problems and we uh, and of course we try to do this thing this relationship that the church frowned upon and so we ran from the church we ran from god we cohabitated we, we we lived together for over a year and and then but then god arrested our hearts we came back to church uh came back to god and we disentangled that cohabitation Beck's moved out i got christian flatmates in uh, and we, we 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 tried to honor god and work through that so we're not speaking i'm certainly not some goody-goody-two-shoes pastor, do you know what I mean? Like That's kind of not lived, we've kind of walked this out as well, so I understand the difficulty, um, but we want you to live a healthy, vibrant, god in relationship, so we've got to talk about this stuff, eh? What's your thoughts, honey?
2: Yeah, I'll read what I've written. Um, so I've said, in my opinion, absolutely not being there, done that with a big green tick. Um, <laughs> the person you are dating, you should be physically attracted to. If not, there's a problem. If you can live under the same roof as someone you're attracted to and not go there physically on a regular basis, I think there's something wrong. And it is the appearance of sin. So even if you profess, because we've got a little bit of this going on, to live in the same house as someone and have separate bedrooms, um, it's what it's looking like um, to those outside. Um, And yeah, even if you profess to not be pushing the boundaries physically, the people on the outer can think otherwise, so you're not leading well also when it comes time to being married, um, if you have learnt not to be physically attractive, I mean attractive, active, physically active, um, it can be very detrimental to your sex life once you're married, so that's my opinion on cohabitation. And that's
1: statistically proven, so um, cohabitation doesn't set you up for a great marriage, Uh, statistically speaking it sets you up for a poor marriage, Um, and I, you know, so you, you know, so here's the th- so sometimes in, in, in church, we, we we can see through the lens of sin or not sin. I think sometimes morality or holiness. But sometimes it's actually this, the lens of wise or unwise. And I think that's a really important lens. So, so this is a question, oh, I'm not doing anything wrong. Well, but are you doing something that's wise or unwise? Proverbs 6, 27, 28 says, Can a man carry fire next to his chest and his clothes and not be burnt Or can one walk with hot coals and his feet? not be scorched. Like the question is, why would you put yourself in a position where your clothes could get burnt or your feet could get scorched? And I think like, it's just like, we the the heart of trying to get, get into a place of compromise is too strong. And uh, so I echo what, what Bex was saying there. Like our heart is not too, through I mean the lens of love, grace and truth. Man, love people where they're at graceful with that we've been through it what well, the least the last thing we wanted is needed is a church coming and judging us and telling us you know but uh, but still to speak truth to lead people into life and say man god's got so much more for you you know, God's got, uh, and look, we live in the center of humanism in New Zealand, in Wellington City. This is the center of humanism for the country, and there is, everything kind of goes. And look, but I'm telling you something, it doesn't set people up for great marriages. It sets them up for, for broken relationships. It can do. And, and it can rob the go- goodness out of a relationship, not, not add to it. And so we would love to see people have vibrant relationships, healthy relationships. And so we want to lead them in that direction. So we want to talk about it. We want to we talk about it. And so, has anyone else got anything they want to add about cohabitation? that's a you know it's not a conversation for five seconds and we don't even want anyone feeling con- condemnation around it yeah. do you know what i'm saying but but we would love to keep walking with people and journeying with people and leading them into life that's our heart um quickly and this will be our last question guys um social media's role in dating social media apps all that kind of online presence um i never put social media but um What's what's the online presence and its and its role and its impact on dating? I suppose this is actually for the, you know, especially pertinent to singles that are kind of looking or you know out there, desiring like because this is a big place, right? This is this is this is frequent. This is common. Yeah.
0: So um, social media and apps and stuff like that. So I guess. I think that social media personally um, does tend to I don't know, hype relationships to like something that's completely unrealistic um, and there's quite a facade of what relationships look like I guess like on social media you see such a highlight reel of someone's life like you see, oh I love that person so much blah, blah blah and it's it's awesome to see that sort of stuff but sometimes um, people don't just like people are on their own journeys and they're seeing it through different perspectives um and so sometimes it can create an unrealistic version of a relationship like yeah. the dating apps like let's just rubbish don't go near them okay there's massive debates on it but it, like it's it's a thing where it's become the norm like it's okay to just jump on one of those apps and then like I don't know just swipe, re- right, swipe, yeah, swipe right, right swipe left like and then just settle it all just like do stuff that you shouldn't do like I think that with apps especially like tinder and stuff like that um, there are some Christians out there and there are some people that love Jesus on those apps no doubt about it but also there are people that don't love Jesus and um, and you can see these really good-looking people and they look like they have really great jobs um, and you can be fooled by that and you can think oh compromise that like oh they're sort of like on the fence about Jesus so like I'll go on a date with them um, and then you start to compromise all these things that you held at such a high value because Jesus holds it at such a high value. Um, and then you've compromised your, who you are. Um, and so yeah, I just think like the whole Tinder thing, like let's look at a photo and swipe left and right. It's just superficial for me. So if we
1: go back to kind of some of the great advice, I don't think this is great advice, like take it slow and build a yeah. friendship. And so I think that's one area where something like an app like Tinder, and like you said, um, some great relationships, marriage solid, have, have come from it. So this isn't, like wrong you know but going back to that wise unwise or kind of I guess best practice or whatnot just be be mindful be careful um look we live in a generation of a hookup culture where um, uh, it says, that this is uh, the definition, um, a hookup culture is one that accepts and encourages casual sexual encounters, includes one night stands and other related activity without necessarily including emotional bonding or long-term commitment, is generally associated with Western late adolescent behavior, and in particular, the American college culture. The term hookup is ambiguous, it carries on blah, blah, blah. blah blah. But it has been called non-relational, non-relationship sex or sex without dating, and apps like to feed this culture, and so you got to. Be, I'm just. I want to guard my the guys and the girls. Like I want to guard you, you know. I want to protect you know as my as a father, you know. And I've got one daughter. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, I've got one daughter. <laughs> you know, I've got six. I've got four, five boys and one daughter. But you know, guard. I mean, I want to guard her heart, you know. And um, and so I just want to be just be really wise and be really cautious of these environments, you know. Um, in 2017, Texas Tech Department of Communications Studies c- conducted a study to see how infidelity was connected to the Tinder app. The experience was conducted on 550 students from unnamed Southwestern University. The students um, first gave the demographic and then they answered questions around Tinder's link to infidelity. The results show that more than half reported having seen somebody on Tinder who they knew was in an exclusive relationship. That's 63% knew that the person that was on Tinder was already in an exclusive relationship. 71% of participants reported that they knew, that the, the, they knew the, the male friends who used Tinder while in a relationship and 56% reported that they had female friends who used Tinder while in a relationship. So you've got to really guard yourself eh? you know, against these sorts of, um, this is the pitfalls and the challenges and uh, like I said, I'm not saying it's not a viable option, I'm, like, you know, I'm not sitting here slamming, but I'm saying be guarded and be careful. And take it slow, build yeah, friendship. And I think,
2: yeah, if you are like swiping right and like getting that match or however it works, um, because the question is like, where do I meet someone? Like yeah, seriously, when question. you've got like two single males in your church, like and maybe they're not like your cup of tea, but like where do you meet someone? And so, I think I'm really torn with this Tinder thing, and because I'm like, what do you do? Do you go to the pub? Do you go on Tinder? Like seriously, like that's there's not, I mean you could go and bowling, but you know there's like not a lot of options, <laughs> but God's got it. But I think Tinder, I know plenty of people who have met on dating websites, Tinder and the likes, yeah, and yeah. they're married and they're it's married. successful and it's totally. awesome. Totally. But if you are gonna swipe right and um, get a swipe right back, I think it's really safe and wise to meet that person with a group
1: of with people. Friends.
2: So your friend's opinion matters. Um, so take close friends with you um, and hang out in groups yeah. and don't, I don't know how much information you put on those things, but like, don't put too much information out there. Um, and yeah, I don't think yeah, you, yeah. You.
5: Sorry. I don't think you can just see that in in isolation. If it was just if it was just you were going on on Tinder or whatever, um, I think there's good in, pros and cons in both, right? But mm. I think in in terms of tips and stuff, not that. Anyway, um, I would put um, have a lot of things in place. Um, to go alongside those things mm-hmm. so um, for me she kind of talked a little bit about it before um, it's this whole idea of um, isolation and Lowness compromise and, um, and and so I know um, for me in previous relationships I've been um, you know you see you see the hype of of Facebook relationships and stuff like that and then you're like and so you you're more willing to compromise or justify things to get that um, I often think that's that is at more risk when you're more isolated and you don't have a good group of friends around you. Um, also, I just want to um, play up a little bit, um, relationships with like your leaders um, and, and people that speak into your life. Um, for me, um, I wouldn't make decisions like that. Just by myself. I think it's important to have good people that are speaking into your life, and like you guys were a real big part of that for me, you know, would be talking through the next steps and, and what is this like and what's my heart behind it. So I think it's not really fair to say Tinder's wrong or whatever, but you, yeah. have, to have, you have to have good things around you to support you through That's that right. process.
1: And I just wanted this last thought from me. Um, we mentioned about where do I find a suitable um, partner or potential partner. Um, and uh, the Bible says this and Jesus says it seek first the kingdom of God and all these things I'll add to you and uh, I'll give you an example of this and this was a conversation I had yesterday with um, uh, Khan Scott who's part of C3 Howick and I was saying how how are the family She's just telling me about um, her daughter and her daughter was faithfully serving in C3 Cronulla but she was living um, she was living a 40 minute Uber ride away from the church and they asked her can you go out and serve She's single and uh, it was costing her $40, I think, $40 a Sunday to go and to be obedient and to go out and serve in that church. And, uh, and uh, you know, and, but she did it. She faithfully kept serving. And then one day this guy turned up and sat on this front row beside her and his name was Louis and he was a Brazilian surfer. And, everyone <laughs> and they hit it off and they are now married. Louis and this girl. So she was faithfully serving, driving her, taking the $40 Uber every Sunday and uh, God just set her up. And I think God can set us up as we faithfully um, build the church, build ministry, build friendships. I think that He will, God can add all things to our lives and I, I firmly believe that's true.
3: Um, I'd love to have this be my final impartation to this. Um, I think... Um, You can't talk about any of this without coming to a question that we've actually skipped, so I'm going to bring it up. Um, We have a question here that says, what does it look like to live out 2 Corinthians 5, verse 9, which says, we make it our aim to please him. Um, And that verse is so relevant to every single season we're in where we make it our aim to please him and that whole chapter is talking about how our hearts should desire heaven more than earth and I think that is so important doesn't matter if you're married if you're single if you're dating if you're whatever if my heart is ready to please him then I know that I am witnessing in every situation I'm in I know that I am um, in the right space and that's really um, the call on my heart at the moment is am I pleasing him today am I making it my aim to do that Um, and then I found when the times that I'm dating I actually um, it's been really great because I'm now really enjoying that time I've ended up preaching to the guys that I've ended up meeting with um, and then praying for them the next Sunday I'm interceding for that guy and it's kept that relationship really holy and it's meant that like I I haven't um, kept those relationships going that hasn't eventuated into anything but I'm actually really proud of myself for um, doing that well because I, I came in with the intention of going God I am Doing this part of my life intentionally and I want to honour you in it and I want to honour the person that you've put before me in that because they're God's creation too, whether or not they know it. They're God's creation. So if I'm I I can't help but tell them about God because my heart's already in love with someone else. And he's my God and he's my king. And yeah, everything else. Married, single, dating has got to come underneath that banner. Awesome, awesome.
1: Can we give these guys a round of applause? And uh, I know it's been it's been a long service. I appreciate your patience, and I hope that something today was was helpful. Uh, that there was something that um, that you know you can take from this, and uh, and it will be beneficial. Um, I'm going to close in prayer, and then hey, we'll get the coffee and tea going, and we'll uh, have a time hanging out. Thank you, Jesus, Father God. I thank you right now that um, that you know no one walks through this life um, perfectly in relationships. You know we all carry relationship wounds. We all have made mistakes in relationships, you know, and uh, God, I thank you for your grace and your love. I thank you that you love us. Before we chose you, you chose us. You know, uh, as the saying goes, warts and all, you love us. So God, right now, I just cover the conversation with grace, with your love, knowing that there's nothing that we've done or that that we could do that would separate us from your love or disappoint you. But Father, I pray for a healing move the Holy Spirit upon the hearts of your people that have got carrying wounds from relationships. I pray not for condemnation, which pushes people down and makes them feel small, but I pray for conviction, which says, no, come on, I want to lift you to life and lift you up out of, I want to lift you up out of the conviction of the Holy Spirit that leads to the life. It's such a beautiful thing. God, I pray that over each one of our lives that we would lead and uh Uh, and and live in such beautiful and healthy relationships to your glory and your renown. And that may you shine through us as we do that. Father God, move us towards your heart. Keep journeying with us every day. God bless this crew that have um, opened up and been vulnerable and shared their journey. I appreciate it. I thank you this church is built on authenticity and vulnerability. May we keep that going for, the, for, for as, as long, for every, if, every moment moving forward, Jesus. May that be the, uh, the foundation of this, of this church community, I pray. We love you. We bless you. And we praise your name, Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Awesome. God bless you, church. Thank you for hanging around. Hey, God bless.